of Israel and Judah traveled together to go to war, but they ran out of water on the way. They really thought they were, um, actually, they thought they were going to die in that situation. But God spoke through the prophet and told them to dig ditches. And as they, they dug, and God brought the supernatural water into that situation, provided water for them in that desert land. And so we saw in, in that, it was a great picture of, you know, God doing what only he can do in the supernatural, but he's looking for human beings like us to play our part and dig the ditches. So Sally's message was called Dig for Victory. Super cool. And uh, this morning we want to continue with that. Sally left us with three areas for 2016 as we dig the ditches in this start of the year. Um, Digging a ditch of discipleship, digging a ditch of devotions, and digging a ditch of dedication in life. So over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack some of those together and really dig into what the Bible says about those different topics. And this morning, I want to share with us and look at together this message about what Jesus says to his team of disciples about um, digging that ditch of being a disciple, digging that ditch of discipleship, what Jesus says into that situation. So grab a Bible with me. We're going to look at um, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. And I'm going to read just the first few verses of that and then really pause and we're going to, it's, I, I, I need to stop using the word dig. It's really not a deliberate pun. I need to find a different word for this, but we're going to get very deep into this uh, particular verse that Jesus speaks. So it's at a point where the disciples and Jesus have traveled off together to this private place. Jesus has challenged them uh, just into chapter 9, verse 18, about who do people, who do the crowd say I am? So they reply, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, maybe one of the prophets of long ago, come back to life. Jesus says, yeah, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God. So Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. He went on to teach, he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law. He must be killed and then on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them, and this is the, the heart and the meat of what we want to uh, get into together this morning. He said to them all, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Let's pray together that God will really help us with this. Father, I thank you for these words that Jesus spoke to his disciples, I thank you that at that moment in history, you brought life out of what he said into the, into the lives, into the hearts and minds of the team he was gathering around himself. Father, I pray that in the same way this morning, you will bring life out of these words into our hearts. God, change our way of thinking, change our pattern of seeing the world. And God, I pray that you'll give us strength in our bodies and emotions and wills to live differently through what you say to us in your word this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, the first thing that I want to draw out of this, and I believe that we can draw out of this together, is that Jesus raises this point. He says that being a disciple is connecting with a person. He says to the team, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to come after me, to follow me, him, a person. Some of you will have heard of a a pastor and author from America called John Piper. 
and he tells this story about his daughter-in-law traveling back from England, flying back over to America with his granddaughter. I think she was about seven years old at the time of the story. So you've got these, uh, a, a lady with her seven-year-old daughter flying back over the ocean. And you know how it is when you sort of, you take off from the plane and you come through the clouds. And then when you get above the clouds, it's usually just glorious up there. And, you know, it's sort of bright and you can see the clearest blue sky and it's very sunny and uh, beautiful. It's an incredible experience. I remember very clearly the first time I ever flew and, and saw that. It's a, a remarkable thing. And so this mother with her daughter, maybe it was the daughter's first flight, I'm not sure, the seven-year-old girl, they looked out the window together and the mother sort of saw all this beautiful scenery out there and the clouds and just beautiful and said, look, do- darling, you know, it's, it's like heaven out there. And I think the story is the daughter had the window seat, so she sort of pressed up a against the glass and was, you know, sort of looking out, taking it all in. And she sort of turned back into the body of the plane and she said, but mom, where's Jesus? And when, when the daughter-in-law told John Piper this story, it really struck a chord with him. It really caught something in him because he thought, what, how would that be in the Christian experience? You know, how would I feel about looking up and seeing heaven, but Jesus not being there? What does the Christian experience look like? How comfortable am I with this thought that, hey, I could go to heaven and have all the good things of heaven, all the you know, beautiful peace and the, the beautiful city and the rivers of life and the wonderful kind of atmosphere that's going to be there. Would I be okay with that if Jesus wasn't there with me? And John Piper received that as a real personal challenge and a challenge he brings very often to churches and I believe in some of his books as well. This, this challenge, this thought, how comfortable am I in the Christian life? How Easy, I think it can be to talk about faith and spirituality and religion and having kind of a spiritual life. But ultimately, the heart of it all, Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, it's following him, a person. The Christian life is focused on him as a person. He's not just the one who gives us gifts in life. He is that gift. He is the prize in the process. He's the one who's worth following in and of himself. I had this most remarkable experience maybe two or three weeks ago where I'm sure I've said this before and I apologize for continually saying it I do love a good children's bible and I was reading a bedtime story with the kids reading a bedtime bible story with them and the story was Jesus calming the storm and there's just this incredible illustration of of the boat the waves the gray sky of the storm and in the midst of it all this very impressive Jesus character standing up and saying to the wind and the waves peace be still and I was reading it with the kids I'm getting emotional now because I remember what it was like and I just started crying at bedtime stories and my kids are like you know what's going on with dad kind of thing and uh, I said it was for the effect of the wind and the waves and you know the water in the air I'm not sure if they bought it. And I was just looking at this picture. You know, how does an artist capture with just some lines of a pen and a pencil on paper this face that's so strong but so tender, who sees what it is in the disciples' hearts? He sees how scared they are. He sees the storm is very grey. He sees the wind is very bad. He sees the waves are very high. You know, the disciples, they call out, Jesus, help us, Master, we're going to drown. Master, we're going to drown. They, it, we read it. I think it's very easy to read these stories in church sometimes. You know, we read them and we know there's a happy ending coming. 
So you can kind of go, okay, yeah, there was a storm, it was really bad. Oh, look, there you go, the good bit at the end, the happy ending. You know, imagine in that moment, if you're one of the disciples, they did not know there was a happy ending coming. They felt so close to death, like this was it, the game was up, the show's over, just the end, curtains for them. And then suddenly in that moment stands up this character, peace, be still. One chapter later, he says to them, if anyone wants to follow me, what were they thinking? Follow you? Of course I'd follow you. I've seen you calm the storm. I've seen you heal the sick. I've seen you feed the 5,000. I've seen you teach with authority that no other man has had who's ever walked the earth. I've seen you do the most incredible miracles in life. Follow you? Of course I'd follow you. 